The Uchiha Clan. Reputed as perhaps the strongest clan in all of Konohakakure. And it's a well-deserved title. I mean, have you seen how busted they are? They're second to only the Otsotsuki clan in power, and they match the Otsotsuki clan in power if they team up with the Senju. But I'm getting way ahead of myself. An interesting topic has come to mind as I think about the Uchiha. We all know the story. The Uchiha considered a coup d'etat and Danzo was having none of that. So we hired our best boy Itachi to go in there and single-handedly eradicate them all. He did have help from Obito, but the point still stands. But a question boils to the surface the more I think about the Uchiha clan massacre. And that would be, what if the Uchiha were never eradicated? Welcome to the Imagi. Before we begin, we publish a new video every day, so be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to get notified about our latest videos. The Amagi's reach stretches beyond just this channel, so if you're a fan of us, please consider subscribing to our other channels and following us on all of our social media. Help us reach our goal of passing 100,000 followers on all of our accounts by the end of the year. Now, without further ado, let's get into the video. In ancient rivalry, the Uchiha have been cursed with hatred for generations, going all the way back to their founder, Indra Otsotsuki. The two sons of Hagoromo Otsotsuki, Indra inherited his father's eyes and Osura inherited his father's life force and heart. And that is why Hagoromo chose Asura to be his successor. This was not acceptable to Indra. And so, the son with swirling red eyes challenged his kind brother to a battle to become the successor. Asura managed to beat his brother and thus the clan that Hagoromo had created was fractured into pieces. Asura formed the Senju clan and Indra formed the Uchiha clan. For generations upon generations, these two clans warred, even going so far as to forget why they were fighting in the first place. All they knew is that they were enemies caught in the endless cycle of bloodshed and retaliation. The Uchiha and Senju clans became known as the strongest shinobi clans in the world during their time, and they were often hired by fledgling nations to fight in their wars and in response, enemies would hire the other. If a nation hired the Senju, then the opposing nation would hire the Uchiha. This went on endlessly, until a chance meeting between the reincarnations of Indra and Asura. Two boys named Madara and Hashirama met up and formed a bond. They suspected that the other might be enemies, but they made a pact to hide their names, lest they inform the other of their clan and force duty to end their friendship. They played together and discussed their dreams. They hoped for an end to war. But this isn't how the world works. Their little friendship came to an end when their clan affiliations inevitably came out. From that point on, Madara and Hashirama met multiple times in the battlefield, even until they became the heads of their respective clans. Hashirama begged Madara multiple times to end the war and chase their old dreams together, but Madara refused. It wasn't until Hashirama offered to commit suicide to end the conflict that his sincerity reached Madara and together they ended the war and joined forces. They formed the village Hinden the Leaves. I'm sure you know how the friendship between Madara and Hashirama ended. I mean, there is the Valley of the End formed by their legendary battle. But nonetheless, the Uchiha remained faithful to the village Hinden in the Leaves, despite Lord Second Tobirama's own particular bias against them. Tobirama wished to eradicate the old loyalty to clan in favor of loyalty to the village, but the Uchiha never took to that idea. Tobirama eventually gave the Uchiha control over the village police force as a token, but the Uchiha and Hidden Leaf never mixed well. This only grew into a hotter situation the longer the Uchiha boiled on it. After the end of the Third Shinobi World War, as Lord Third, Hiruzen Saratobi retired in disgrace due to his perceived groveling for peace after Konoha's heavy losses, the Uchiha pushed that their clan leader, Fugaku, should become the fourth Hokage. 
but he wasn't even considered and was easily passed over for another disciple of the Senju, a man named Minato Namakaze. This was seen as a disturbing trend, as all the Hokage of the village hidden in the leaves were someone of the Senju, or sympathizers to them, or their offshoot cousins. The Uchiha were already feeling excluded from the village, and now they weren't even having any real representation or consideration within the village leadership. This all really came to a head when the Ninetales attacked the village. The Uchiha knew that with their Sharingan, they could control the Ninetales and single-handedly end the battle, but the village leaders refused to allow them to help, and instead they were commanded to protect the border of the village. This was blatant isolation in the eyes of the Uchiha and was seen as the village accusing them of the attack that they had nothing to do with. Beyond that, after the attack, the village leaders chose to move the Uchiha to the outskirts of the village while the village was being rebuilt. But both the village council and the Uchiha knew what this was. It was the village further isolating the Uchiha clan due to their possible involvement with the Ninetales attack, which was seen by leadership as a sign of the issues that the Uchiha clan had developed within the village and the moving of the clan to the outskirts of the village was an effort to keep an eye on them. Well, let's just say this had an effect on the Uchiha clan, who started to believe that Madara was correct in the way he believed that the Uchiha were going to be mistreated. This was the beginning of a real coup forming within the Uchiha clan leadership. They were planning to overthrow the third Hokage's administration and replace it. The Uchiha set some of their members in the Anbu strategically to spy on Konoha but not every agent is loyal, so this began to leak out. Shisui planned to use his ability, Koroama Tsukami, to stop the coup by putting the clan under a subtle genjutsu to make them think that it was their own idea to never betray Konoha. But before he could do so, Danzo decided it was best to steal the Sharingan out of Shisui's head. With that, Danzo approaches Itachi and offers his ultimatum. Kill your clan and save your brother, or do nothing and let the village go to war. His clan would still be destroyed, but Sasuke would not be saved. This is the divergence point in our little what if. What if Itachi had decided not to massacre his own village? What if instead he didn't do anything to stop the coup and instead aided in defeating them? And even more, what if he got Madara to join him? What if Madara Uchiha, the man who would use the Ninetales to attack the village, decided to return and lead it to victory? They might just manage something. So instead of asking Madara, really Obito, but no one knows this until the 4th Shinobi World War, to help them. Madara was thinking about the strategic value of this according to his Eye of the Moon plan. He had worried that the Uchiha might get in the way, and with the creation of so many Mangekyo Sharingan due to the war, they would be quite the aid to him. He would agree to help Itachi, but only under the circumstances that he would first help him isolate Kakashi Harake. Itachi would agree. And when Kakashi is alone, Obito would appear with Itachi to kill Kakashi and retrieve the Mangekyo Sharingan that he possessed. Madara would state that he had used Izanagi to survive death against Hashirama, and needed the eye to replace what he lost. But in actuality, he was actually retrieving what was his before this all began. He would implant the eye back into his head, and when he was ready, he and Itachi would approach Fugaku to inform him of what happened. It would push the timetable up quite a bit. Madara would state that they would easily take over the village if they managed to use the Ninetales. Fugaku would mention that a boy named Naruto currently held the Ninetales within his body. Madara would tell him that he plans to free the Ninetales and use it to aid in their uprising. This is a kill two birds with one stone, or perhaps feed two birds with one scone for Obito. He'd use the tailed beast to decimate Konoha and secure the alliance with the Uchiha clan under their former clan head, who would become a legend. 
Meanwhile, with Itachi's new Mangekyo Sharingan as well as Fugaku's Mangekyo, their Susanoo would be able to deal decisive blows to the Hidden Leaf. Madara would leave to find this lonesome child to free him from his loneliness, all while Fugaku begins to ready the coup. Meanwhile, Kakashi's body would be discovered, and it would be reported to Danzo that a Sharingan had been taken. Danzo takes this to mean that Itachi has made his decision, and in retaliation sends root members to retrieve Sasuke before he can make it home from his time at the academy. He plans to use the clan leader's son as leverage to stop the coup. Meanwhile, Madara would appear in Naruto's apartment. He'd be sitting on the windowsill when Naruto finally gets home at night. Naruto would want to scream and run, but Madara would grip him by the throat and tell him to be quiet. He'd then let him go and look around. This was a very humble abode. This is where you live, I assume? Madara would ask. Naruto would remain silent and skeptical. Madara would see how sparsely it was decorated. You don't live with anyone? Naruto would shake his head. Madara would stroke the chin of his mask. Odd. You would think the Hokage's son would be a bit better provided for, and you would think that the Jinchuriki of the Nine-Tailed Fox would be guarded better. One guard was all you had watching the place. At this time, Naruto would be trying to process this information. Madara would look back. Ah, you didn't know. You are the son of the fourth Hokage, Minato Namakaze, and you hold within you the Nine-Tails, the beast that ripped this village apart. What was Sarutobi's plan, really? Just hope you vanish from memory, out of sight, out of mind? A small part of Obito would feel a twinge of pain for the child of his mentor that he would be treated like this, but not enough to change his course or alter his face. If anything, he pities this so-called life the child was living, a life that never had a chance because of the actions of the fourth Hokage. Perhaps Obito himself had something to do with it as well, but in the end, it was this imperfect world that had cast this kid to the side. Obito would hear the sounds of multiple Anbu surrounding the apartment. Obito would look at Naruto, his Sharingan glowing under his mask. Don't worry, I'll make a world where you'll never have to suffer like this again. Naruto would suddenly pass out. Madara would catch him and lay him down on the bed. He would then proceed to undo the seal on the tailed beast. As darkness fell and the last moments of twilight lit up the corners of the mountains in the distance, the stars began to dimly glow, as if they knew what was going to happen. It was then that the Ninetales emerged in the midst of the village. This marked the signal to begin. The Uchiha warriors who had been in hiding or waiting would rush the village. At this point, it's do or die. Any Uchiha members who were on the fence about joining the coup would be forced to decide now, and given the likely fate of the Uchiha should it fail, the Uchiha on the fence would more than likely side with their clan over the village. Itachi and Fugaku would lead the battle from different directions, leading parts of the clan, beginning to slaughter the shinobi who offer resistance. The third Hokage would stand at his window as he would look out and see the Ninetales once more. Under his breath, he would whisper his sorrows in one word, Naruto. The Ninetales was once more attempting to crush the village, but this time, something was different. The tailed beast was covered in Susano armor, similar to what Madara had done in the past, and its irises bore the spinning red pinwheel that marked a being under a Sharingan's Genjutsu. He would begin to get his armor on, knowing that this night had been a long time coming. Anbu would be mobilizing to attack the Ninetales and the being who stood atop it. Meanwhile, Danza would appear in front of Fugaku and Itachi with Sasuke under his grip. Sasuke would be crying tears of blood as Danzo displayed a new pair of Sharingan on his arm. Your actions have already cost your son his sight, Fugaku. Will you also force him to lose his life for your little rebellion? This stops Fugaku in his tracks as he sees the look of utter terror on his child's face, knowing that Danzo has robbed him of his eyes. He'll never look into his son's eyes again. Itachi would cry out to Danzo to stop, but Danzo would look to Itachi and tell him that this was all his doing, and that if he had merely eradicated the Uchiha, this would have never happened. 
Itachi begs, and Fugaku even asks what it is that Danzo wants. Danzo tells him that he wants both Fugaku and Itachi to order the clan to stop the coup, then draw their blades, go down on their knees, and commit seppuku. Fugaku looks to Itachi and nods. He goes down on his knees and pulls his blade, but before he can do anything, Sasuke is suddenly gone from Danzo's hand. On the roof, Obito stands, having used his kamui to save Sasuke from Danzo's grip. Fugaku suddenly throws his blade at Danzo, impaling him. However, Danzo escapes from death there as he uses Izanagi. Danzo would curse Madara as he flees to regroup with Root. Anbu are prioritizing the Ninetales, attempting anything they can do to get through the hard Susano armor but failing, their jutsu and blades causing no damage. Madara stands atop the Ninetales, his arms crossed, the legendary Gunbai strapped to his back to cement his place as Madara in the eyes of all who saw him. This legendary performance was one that would have the world on edge. The other four Kage would certainly take notice that the legendary Uchiha had returned. After a long, arduous battle with many casualties, the Uchiha would manage to pacify the Leaf Shinobi, kill Danzo, and kill Hiruzen Sarutobi. The village is completely taken over at this point. The Uchiha are marching the streets looking for any surviving Leaf Shinobi and impaling bodies that appear to have too much life in them to be considered dead. Obito would utterly destroy the Hokage Monument to further cement Fugaku's ascent and to symbolize the erasure of the Senju's presence which had persecuted the Uchiha for generations. Of course, Obito didn't care about this action at all, but knew that it served as a symbol to the Uchiha to further establish their loyalty to him. Fugaku would sit down in the Hokage's seat and cradle Sasuke as he did so, the boy's eyes wrapped and bandaged. The status of the village would be taken. There would be a few civilian casualties, but merely civilians who had decided to take up arms, thus becoming soldiers. The Hyuga clan would have to be decimated due to siding with the village hidden in the leaves, but not completely eradicated as they would have surrendered in an effort to safeguard themselves and their Byakugan, hoping to not let their clan Dojutsu go extinct. Elders of the Hyuga would all be dead, including Hiyashi, but their heirs, such as Hinata and baby Hanabi, would be spared. Having secured their position, they would be able to increase their influence. Time would begin to pass. Sasuke would begin to grow, and despite his blindness, he still hopes to someday become a shinobi. Fugaku entertains it, but doesn't really think he'll make it. He feels guilty that Sasuke is blinded and wants his son to be happy, but he doesn't know if his son can make it without sight. All the while, Itachi has recently begun to come down with a strange illness that the doctors can't treat. Itachi is currently serving as the village's head of security, but it's unknown how long he can keep the post up so long as his health is degrading. Fugaku would be sending out as many shinobi on as many missions as possible. However, it's not coming in as often as it used to, given that nobody wants to request help from the Uchiha after what happened with the revolt. This means Gato and his men stopped the bridge from finishing, killing Tazuna and most of the workers. All of this together puts Konoha on an economic downhill ride, which increases poverty and homelessness. Fugaku attempts to alleviate this by emptying the coffers, but the resources won't last forever, and until the nations decide to start trading with Konoha again, it's going to be tougher. Fugaku focuses on agriculture and livestock as their main source of income since shinobi missions are being requested of nations with more shinobi. Crime and civilian contempt for the new administration plummets. The only thing Fugaku can think to do to increase trade and get an injection of currency into the economy was to host the Chunin exams. He does so, and Sasuke is pleased. He can't participate, but to know that there are so many large groups of shinobi around, he's ecstatic and wishes to be present during the exhibitions. Itachi wishes to take Sasuke, but he's too busy keeping the village safe, as more people begin to come in. There would be a few scuffles with the hidden sound ninja, and at least one Uchiha would go missing during the Forest of Death trial, but as much was expected. The exhibitions would begin. 
a young Hyuga named Neji would go straight to the top quickly. When the exams end, the Hidden Leaf have basically swept the other nations due to how many of them possess Sharingan and natural fighting power. This is believed to be capable of pulling the leaf out of its depression. However, when a genin named Gara dies and has his tailed beast stolen, it's believed that the Hidden Leaf is responsible. Fugaku says that it's not, but this doesn't stop the village hidden in the sand from declaring war on the leaf. All the war, Obito continues to search for more tailed beasts, slowly attempting to get as many as possible. The war continues to drag on as the tailed beasts start disappearing more and more, as well as the sightings of a man with a mask resembling the leaf's Madara Uchiha, a fourth shinobi world war is on the edge of breaking out. All of the fighting and stress begins to cause Itachi to get worse off. By the time Sasuke is 14, Itachi is on his deathbed beside his little brother. Itachi would look to Sasuke and tell him that when he dies, he wants Sasuke to have his eyes. Sasuke shakes his head and says it isn't worth it to him, but Itachi feels guilty. He tells him that Danzo said he would spare Sasuke if Itachi had slaughtered the Uchiha, but Itachi refused. He tells Sasuke that he is now blind because of Itachi's actions. Sasuke tells him that it's not his fault and that Itachi could not have been expected to choose that, and despite everything, Sasuke has been living a happy life. Itachi tells him that he's dying and won't survive this. He tells Sasuke that he needs to make this right. He doesn't want to take the guilt to the grave with him. He makes Sasuke swear to take his gift that he offers him. Sasuke finally agrees. After a few weeks of struggling, Itachi finally passes, and just as promised, Sasuke implants Itachi's eyes into his head. But he doesn't just get Itachi's Sharingan, they evolve into Eternal Mangekyo Sharingan. Finally able to see, he finds that he is given a letter from Itachi. In the letter, he asks Sasuke to follow his dreams and become a great shinobi. He tells Sasuke that he will become the 6th Hokage and needs to train for that. And with that, Sasuke begins to train as hard and fast as he can, using all of the resources that the Hokage can get to grow stronger. The war continues to drag on for a while. Eventually, Obito manages to get all of the tailed beasts together. Using Black Zetsu, he forces Nagato to use the Outer Path to bring the true Madara back to life. He then gives the Ganbai back to its original owner, and Obito removes his mask. Madara reclaims his Rinnegan. Obito then proceeds to gather the Uchiha clan and tells them that not only can they end the war, but unite the world under one banner. Fugaku jumps at this chance and Sasuke follows him. They manage to defend Madara as he becomes the Ten Tails Jinchuriki. The Eye of the Moon plan is revealed and Fugaku feels betrayed. He orders his men to attack Madara to stop them from putting them into the dream world. However, he proceeds to murder Fugaku in front of Sasuke. Sasuke attacks him in anger, and Madara makes the observation that Sasuke has the same eyes as Madara himself does. But before they can go much further, the Black Zetsu would take over Madara as well, and Kaguya Otsutsuki would be reborn. Sasuke attacks her, but is knocked back. Hagoromo Otsutsuki would appear to Sasuke. He would lament that his other son, Asura, is not there. But he tells Sasuke that now is the time for Indra to make peace with his brother. He would grant him his chakra, which would allow Sasuke to awaken his Rinnegan in both eyes. The reason for this is that Hagoromo would not be splitting his chakra between Sasuke and Naruto, so Sasuke would receive a full portion instead of only half. Hagoromo gives Sasuke both of the seals. He tells him that it's a long shot, but that Sasuke is their only chance. By the time Sasuke wakes up, the infinite Tsukiyomi is being launched. He's protected from the massive genjutsu with his Rinnegan, but nobody else would be as lucky. Sasuke would attempt to go after Kaguya to attack her, but she's just on a whole other level. Her teleportation techniques are too much for him to cope with, and by the time that he even gets close enough to touch her, she would lure him into another dimension and leave him there, unable to escape. Sasuke would be stuck in an alternate dimension, wandering forever in the sand. If he were lucky, he might find one of Kaguya's storehouses to help him survive, but there would be no chance for him to return on his own or stop her from her plans. 
As such, Kaguya would finish the plan and absorb all chakra from everyone on the planet and form a chakra fruit to consume, regaining all of the chakra that was spread around the world. The planet is reduced to a dead planet as most everyone and everything is either dead or zetsu. Not a very happy ending, is it? So what'd you think about my story? Did you see it going any other way? Do you think the Uchiha could have taken over in the first place? What are your opinions on this? I would love to hear about it. Be sure to leave a comment down below to tell me, and also like and subscribe if you haven't already. Be sure to ring the bell to be notified when new content drops. We drop a new video every day, so be sure to look out for that. Peace out, friends.